All right, we're back. We're finally back after a long hiatus, I guess. We've been busy, but we're calling this episode the April recap, April, as always. May. Yeah, April, May, maybe June. Anyways, um, I'm here, my friends, Sarah and Colby, as usual. Hello. Hi. And we're going to talk about some movies. Um, Morbius, let's get out of the way. We have six movies for you guys. Morbius is the first one. It's morbid time. <laughs> All right. Starting on Morbius. How'd you guys like the movie? Um, I fell asleep in my first watch. <laughs> it... It was not entertaining at all. When people say this movie is bad, it's bad. Um, it feels very rushed, but very dragged in a lot of parts as well. The villain is a joke. The whole arc is a joke. I can't take this movie seriously, no matter how many times I've tried to watch it. I feel like it had no like actual story. It was just kind of like, oh, his friend has... His friend wants to wants a cure, so he becomes a vampire, and then he he like gets overpowered with the vampire disease or whatever, and then like that's like the whole movie. It's literally it could be shortened down to like five minutes. Yeah, I mean I feel like Venom reinvented Venom in a way, especially like the versions that we got of Venom. Then we're just getting this, which just feels random, feels unnecessary. The ending stuff, like the ending credit stuff, completely kind of deteriorates what Marvel is trying to build, like in the MCU. It just This film is kind of a reputation of, though the MCU doesn't have a perfect track record, I think, you know, the MCU should be in charge of these kind of decisions because you have No Way Home, which is one of the, you know, highest rated reviews, um for the MCU, and then you have Morbius, which is just, Bad. it's terrible. Um, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It's that terrible. So Morbius was, uh, it was pretty bad. You know, uh, Jared Leto, not the greatest acting in the world. And Matt Smith was in it. He did the 12th doctor. <laughs> I, I had to remember if, it, if he was the 12th doctor. Was he 12th or 11th? I think he was... He was 12. I believe he was the 12th doctor. I like him a lot. I like him a lot in other movies, but this one, he was just weird. His personality was weird. That one scene... Can we talk about that one scene? When he was dancing around with his shirt, and then he like flexes and does the the vamp the Morbin face. And the faces are just creepy. Yeah, this this film was made by a lot of terrible decisions. A lot of a lot of people wanting to go, hey, you know, this is iconic. Let's put an iconic dance scene. Doesn't work. Oh, let's give them these monstrous faces and corny jokes to say. Doesn't work. Um, you know, you have to write that script with that energy in mind, or it has to happen naturally. 
like it does with a lot of dance scenes and a lot of jokes. In this movie, it just it fails to bring those things to light. It's just, I can't even laugh at this movie. It's so bad. It's just like, you just kind of have to sit through it and hope that something gives you something. I made a lot of pity laughs. And but there there was anyway. <laughs> I made a lot of pity laughs. This film is so below me. Colby just turned British. But anyway, there's a lot of scenes that they cut out like in the commercial, like the very first commercial for it, it he goes I'm Venom or something like that and he's like, "Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm Dr. Morbius," right? That was not in the movie. And the Spider-Man poster in the mo- in the trailer, or not the poster, but you know how he's like walking down the street and you see like a Spider-Man graffiti art? That was not in the movie either. So they cut out a lot. I'm glad they cut out that kind of stuff. Um, you know, um, when watching the trailer, that when he says he's Venom, and he's like, oh, just kidding, it's Morbius. It's not only just not canon, because nobody should really know who Venom is. Um, But it's just, it's one of the worst punchlines I've ever seen. It made the movie automatically cringy. It wasn't even in the movie. Yeah. This is the part where the guy in the overcoat kicks all of your asses. Yeah, it's just, it's gimmicks like that that just, like, you're trying to make this relevant. And it's not working. I feel like Morbius is a random character to choose in general for a movie. Um, I felt like they could have made something pretty good, though, from it. But they just, they failed. Like a Sinister Six. Yeah. You know? Go for that. You don't need everyone to get their solo pitch in because it's going to be a lot of swings and misses. And, like, I was really hyped for this movie at the beginning because I love Jared Leto, and I was... I, I take that back. <laughs> you love Jared Leto. Well, I was excited because it looked cool. It looked really cool. And, you know, they, they postponed it for a couple months, and you think, oh, they're going to add Spider-Man. They're going to add all these cool stuff. And it just it's, it's, it's a disappointment. That's what it is. No, Morbius got postponed so it could be more comfortable with the pandemic and... It could get more ticket sales. It wasn't, we weren't even so, in the pandemic. It was, yeah, it was still like post, you know, vaccinations were coming out. It was supposed but, to come out in February this year. Yeah, but that's the reason that a lot of things were getting delayed after vaccinations and stuff coming out. Because it's not just the U.S., it's the whole world. And they plant movies where they think they're going to do the best. So like in the summer or during the holiday season. There's, like, a bunch of strategies to that. It's kind of lame. I personally would just like to get my work out there if I was a filmmaker. Um, get it out as quick as possible. But, yeah, overall, waste of time. I never want to think about this film again. Guys, if you – I think you guys should go out and buy this movie right now. Spider-Man and Venom are in it. So just go watch it. It is so worth it. Jared Leto is acting his peak performance. And, like, I, I don't know why these two sh- are shitting on the movie. Like, it was a really good movie. Have you seen it six times in a row? 
I have. I saw it six times in a row that same day because I kept walking out of that theater and I was like, I want to see it again. Someone had to physically come in and stop me from seeing it. It was that good. All right. right. Next movie. (laughs) Thank you for your input, Goldie. Next movie, we're going to talk about Sonic 2. Thoughts? So, I grew up with a lot of Sonic media. um, And I gotta say, this film surprised me. I didn't think it was gonna be better than the original. But I think this film is amazing. I think they took a lot of the flaws from the first one, despite the first one listening to audiences and going okay we got to redesign okay we got to do certain things with the characters and it just it grew on that even after this movie learned from its mistakes it made a sequel that's worth watching and that's something i can appreciate it was so good you guys i saw it three times for real this time i'm like (laughs) golfy me likey Okay, Kobe, let me ask you this. Who's your favorite character? Knuckles. <laughs> they made Knuckles' character the funniest one out there. Dot, dot, <laughs> dot, dot. Yeah, I mean, I felt like with this movie... I appreciated a lot of the gimmicks because, you know, at the end of the day, it's a children's movie. That's their main demographic that they're trying to reach. Um, But, you know, with the comedy, it got better. I mean, Sonic's facial expressions were way better. And, like, he wasn't, like, doing anything too cringe, like flossing. Um, And then in the original, I said one of the biggest flaws is that Jim Carrey's too good and that sometimes can be overwhelming it doesn't feel like a sonic movie it feels like you know an eggman Son- movie sonic flosses in this movie no doctor yeah he, he flosses yeah he flossed he but it was it was quick it was a quick he one too? and <laughs> he, w- he was in a maid outfit as well <laughs> and that's by far my favorite scene in the movie you see it for a split second but it's hilarious Either way, though, um, this movie gave everyone balance. It gave characters plenty of lines and screen time. Um, It has a lot of strengths. It's one weakness is that third act, you know, relieve the wedding stuff. Okay, but there was one scene that I really liked, and that was when they were all doing the dance battle. But let me tell you this. I saw it with a bunch of kids, right? They cracked up at the wedding scene i'm not even kidding they loved the wedding scene they loved when she was rolling in her golf cart and the stage explodes and she's walking slow motion they loved that scene i don't know why it was just like the best one (laughs) and when the guy was like seizuring when he like got tased and he's like (laughs) do you remember that no maybe not no the golf cart yeah, so when yeah, she... Yeah, I am also confused. No, it's the same scene. When she, when the Olive Garden guy tases the groom, the fake guy, in the wedding. 
I don't remember that. Oh <laughs> Me my neither. Gosh. Right, did you watch a deleted scene? No. <coughs> the guy the guy tased him and then he falls on the ice sculpture and she's like he's like, Am I gonna be okay? And the girl is like, You're fine and he's like, It's cold and she's like, Yeah, you fell on the ice sculpture. Oh, I thought you were talking about the dance battle no. and they were still dancing. Yeah, that the wedding scene. That whole wedding scene was just unnecessary. It was you know, an attempt to give the humans more stuff, but I felt like the humans are definitely needed in the first one with Sonic, you know, being on his own and but stuff. But you know, I, I think now has... now it's the time to transition away from that a little bit. I I think you guys are ripping on the scene too much. I think this movie should have followed in the footsteps of Godzilla versus Kong where it did not focus on the monsters, it just focused on the people. And that's what I really want to learn about in Sonic, is the people, not the fucking hedgehog. Just the people. And that's why I love the wedding scene. <laughs> All right. I can't believe you just said that. Um, one thing I love about this movie is Ben Schwartz, because I love him so much, and he's a great Sonic. The Schwartz is strong with you. The voice for Tails was strong. I really liked how charismatic they were. I just made a they Spaceballs were. joke, and they didn't get it. I haven't seen Spaceballs. You, oh my god. We're going to have this every episode where Colby does a reference and none of us get it. I think we have to watch Spaceballs now. Yes. <laughs> Spaceballs is like the best movie ever Can created. An episode? Oh, it's Rick Moranis, right? Yeah. I'll be all over that when I get home. Can we see him? Yeah. Can we do an episode? Yeah. Tomorrow? Just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, um, I really like the third act too. A lot of the fight scenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I loved how it feels a lot like the game, or like with his really big machine and how the characters fight. It just felt really pleasing to see. Like we've had some really bad video game movies, but you know, since Detective Pikachu, they're starting to. Starting to get their rep back. I think the one thing that they should have added was music from the actual game. Because the, the music is pretty great. I agree. Because um, these films, they're all just nostalgic for me. I don't really play video games anymore as I did as a kid. So seeing them now and getting the hints and references, they just immediately take me back to my childhood. Which, it's cool when a movie can do that. Let's talk about the best Sonic song. We, we I'll play it. We haven't touched on the best part of the movie yet. What? Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh, yeah, the end credit scene. Shadow the Hedgehog. He's in the movie. He's standing there like a badass, and that's it. I wonder who's going to voice him. I feel like it has to be Jared really dark. It's about drive. <laughs> it's about power. Dude, if they announced The Rock as Shadow, I would not see I'm the movie. I'm going to cry. I need to know who's voicing Matthew McConaughey. No. That would be cringe. That would be weird. Sonic's like dark. You need like Who who do you think who do you think it should be? Robert Pattinson. He's not British. Shadow's not British. I mean, yeah, Shadow's not British. <laughs> who cares? Tom Act- Holland. <laughs> actors can do accents. Okay, you're right. Maybe oh, Christian Bale. He has the best voice for that. It's dark and mysterious. Amy Schumer. Sonic. 
Where's the drugs going? She just flipped me off because I made an Amy Schumer joke. I'm not going to get into that. All right. Um, so final thoughts for Sonic 2. Definitely surprised me. Definitely looking forward to the future. Five out of five. I gave it a four out of five on Letterboxd. And I think this franchise could really go somewhere. Could really redeem the Hedgehog series, you know. They definitely need to steer clear of the people, for sure. If they're going to include Shadow, I think they need to focus more on the hedgehogs and stuff like that. It'll be more fun. Shadow Shadow could be the new villain because Robotnik or Jim Carrey is done. Maybe. It's not. He said he would come back if it felt right. And I know he definitely cares about the character that he's playing. So maybe. I just want to see more worlds. Take us yeah. off Earth. Take us to a ring or somewhere. I think this movie was good, but I am going to have to, uh, you know, remove some points because I did think Sonic Chew was going to be in this movie. Who's that? Again, what? Sonic Generations? Sonic Chew. Sonic Chew? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Explain. Uh, freaking Chris. The Chris Chan. He created a character, Sonichu. I thought the Knuckles meme was going to be in it. That would have been hilarious. Yeah, do you know the way? Yeah. Hold on, Colby's trying to find something. No, Christian. Christian. I thought... I thought he was talking about the religion at first. <laughs> Kristen. What is it, Colby? Sonic Chew. Oh, it's Sonic in Pikachu's skin, pretty much. Go, Sonic Chew. Go out and zap in the extreme. I will take you, Father. All right. All right, um, next film. The bad guys. Yeah, what did you think? <laughs> God, they're all crowding me. Uh, the bad guys, you know, they were they were pretty bad, you know. I thought it was a really cute movie. I love the animation. It was very unique and different and it reminded me a lot of turning red that kind of like anime style i guess you could say like the police officer in bad guys she was very expression she had a lot of expression and like her mouth was like wide and like loud you know i guess (laughs) i mean the animation was beautiful that opening scene where they're in the diner gave me such tarantino vibes and I loved a lot of the themes that they set up. There are predictable plot points, but overall this movie was very satisfying. Um, I felt like some of the bad guys were overshadowed that had potential. I really liked all of them, so I wanted to see more from just a few of them. But Wolf and Snake's dynamic kind of made this movie for me. Um, I like how they led with that. Um, And yeah, I liked how the police officer kind of looks like a... She kind of looks like Donkey Kong. Yeah. She looks, like, angry. Um, and 
you know, I liked a lot of the side characters as well, whether it was the mayor or like the the one gerbil thing, right? The guinea pig. Um, I felt like the voice acting did tremendously well. The action was great. Um, the action sequences, they were fast moving and they were smooth animated and I don't know, I just really appreciated this film. I didn't think much of it from the trailers. And then seeing it, I saw like, oh, wow, I would have loved to see this as a kid. For sure. And I really like the, um, I really like heist movies in general. So it was cool to see how they're, you know, going to do things. And like, they were going to steal that thing at the event. And, like, how their plan was going to fold out, but didn't turn out <laughs> the way they wanted to. But, yeah, I really like this. The shark, they... I Although I was kind of expecting more comedy. I do not remember anything from Bad Guys. All I remember is that there was a wolf and a snake, and then their tails started wagging, and it was really weird. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. He's so cute. The wolf. The wolf man. Who is he voiced by? Jared Leto. No, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, Sam Rockwell. And there's a bunch of um. There's a. Oh shit. (laughs) Yes. We're in. A secret space. We had we had Legos and I just broke them. Yeah, he and knocked one everywhere. off the table. If you're listening to this, you know who you are. I'm sorry. That was Colby's fault. Anyway, um, they had Anthony Ramos as the the piranha fish. Yeah, he sang. He sang a song, which I love. Broadway stuff, just like I love movies, just like I love any sort of media. And. Aquafina was the tarantula, I think. Yes. Oh my gosh. That was a strength that I was meaning to call out, but didn't. Um, sometimes comedians will, you know, genuinely try to steal the show, and it kind of breaks character, and it kind of just. It's a bad theme. You see it a lot with a lot of mainstream actors, you know, um, just doing lines and gimmicks that don't make sense I loved how neutral she was in this movie just like in Shang-Chi like Aquafina is great so thank you for that thank you um so yeah final thoughts bad guys an impressive movie to say the least um and a great one it was DreamWorks I I was kind of happy to see them go in a different set a motive although a new perfect trilogy is in order maybe not for the bad guys but for something else um but yeah i was really happy with it sarah i'm sorry <laughs> Kobe did something funny <laughs> all right yeah I agree. It is a good movie, and I'm really surprised how it turned out. And I do hope they do a trilogy, because it's a book series, so I feel like they could take o- they can go off from the book. <laughs> and, yeah, it would be really cool. 
Okay, anyway, next movie we have Turning Red. Um, it is a Disney movie, and it was on Disney Plus. It was supposed to be in theaters, but I don't know what happened, so it just ended up being on Disney Plus, which is good because, yeah, it was good to see it at home because I think Disney is just gonna be doing that for now on. It was just putting their movies on Disney Plus, but yeah, thoughts. Um. Well, they have. They also have two mainstream Pixar movies coming out this year. Um. With one being um, Lightyear and the other being Turning Red. So um, I think that's the main reason why they did it as well. Um, but yeah, I'm losing track here. Turning Red was interesting, to say the least. I liked um, how innovative the plot was. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, I liked some of the characters and the kind of chemistry that they had animation was pure um it's just this was a weird atmosphere too you know it's based in canada and then there's a lot of like japanese and culture and stuff um it made it really entertaining and world building as well um which this movie doesn't really need to world build but it was still great to see all those themes come to light and i think it balances it in a really cool way um Although, a lot of things that happen in this movie is kind of just random. It was good. Um, some of the random things, just like everyone came obsessed with the panda stuff, and then they sold stuff to get four town tickets. I liked how there was like a balance of like finding peace with the kind of curse that she has, while also being you know early teen. Um, lifestyle, being embarrassed by, you know, your mom and stuff. Just classic 2000s vibes I got from this film. Yeah, the 2000s vibe I feel like was definitely there because of all the the environments like that and the music. The music! Four Town, if they came out with, like, their own album, I would definitely listen to that for sure. Although... The main singer, I think, is Jordan Fisher, and then the songwriters are Phineas and Billie Eilish, which, they're pretty good. Yeah, I like how they don't overshine, too. Just like we were talking about, like, certain comedians and actors sometimes tend to overshine. They know, like, what this movie's trying to accomplish. They know they gotta stay in a certain barrier of lines and criteria, um... And the more films do that, the more comfortable your audience is going to be, you know. Um, I liked a lot of the soundtrack. A lot of the background music was great, um, which is usual for Pixar. Um, I just feel like this movie could have been more balanced with its plot. I felt like, you know, especially in that final act, I was like, okay, this movie just took a really big turn and there was emotionally they were trying to accomplish something but like the curse being passed down to the family and it just it didn't hit for me as well I just remember seeing it going like okay they did not script that right at all or like it wasn't emotional which is 
odd. Pixar is usually good at emotional timing and scripting. You know, you have films like Ratatouille and Up that are just oddly emotional mm-hmm. um, because you don't expect that from a kid's movie. Um, but yeah, I feel like it takes some of the value away from this movie, but this movie is definitely worth a watch. I don't know if it has rewatchability for me. Movie good. Colby's turning red. <laughs> Colby doesn't. Anyway, um, this movie though. I'm going to hang you with your intestines. This movie had a different vibe to it though. There was a lot of like period talks and yeah, they they kind of go over like pu- puberty because that's kind of what her turning into pandas is like puberty and her becoming like a woman stuff like that so they do talk about periods and stuff so it is a little sensitive for little kids if you don't want them to know about periods yet and (laughs) puberty and stuff like that but if you like it's only like a little portion of the movie but like other than that it's not that bad you you know uh when they the you know scene when they talk about periods and the dad just kind of like tenses up and walks away. That's my reaction. The dad is funny. I would say that. Yeah, I wish we got more from him. I liked when he sat down with her and talked with her. Um, I thought the panda itself was built on just like emotion. Kind of like with Inside Out, there, you know, sometimes you feel a certain way, whether that's a strong emotion that's positive or negative. Um, and I liked how she kind of had to keep herself in check um, by thinking about the positives in her life um, over the negatives. That would keep the panda away. I felt like that was an extremely powerful message of like, yeah, a lot of people, we all go through it. We all have anxiety. We all have stress. But the bottom line is, you know, anxiety lies to you. It's only temporary and there are real things that matter in life something better like they did yeah like getting motivated for a concert that that plot point just doesn't work for me at all i felt like this movie would be amazing if they replaced that plot point of trying to sell or trying to sell merch for tickets with something more constructive um for the characters because i'm glad that they all got to go but at the same time, it felt it felt odd. Yeah. Does anybody have anything else for turning red, Colby? I got up to plug in, and I just look over, and Colby's like eating paper. Did I miss something else? <laughs> All right, who wants to introduce the next movie? Hello, viewers. Welcome to the podcast. Um, Today we're going to be talking about everywhere, everywhere, all at once. Today we're going to be talking about everything, everywhere, all at once. Thank you for that introduction, Colby. Oh my gosh, I, I love this movie. From front to finish... Um, it did really 
Yeah. <laughs> From start to finish. Um, this movie is the greatest movie I've ever seen. That was a hard title for me to give. Um, but it has so much innovation and clarity. And I don't know. It just, this is definitely not just movie of the year, but it's probably the greatest movie of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, people have different opinions. But <laughs> I would say. Ooh, throw in some shade. Ooh, okay, he. No, listen, he really hyped it up for me. And when I saw it, I was like, it's okay. It has a cute message. I cried a little bit. It was really long and a little bit confusing at some points. But, you know, I would say it was good, but not the best movie. All right. Um, so this film is about a family. They own a laundromat. They're trying to get their taxes done. And I do they like the quote where he's like, I'll do my laundry and taxes with you in any, in universe. any universe. Yeah, that was cute. It was great. They brought back Short Round from Indiana Jones. He also played Data from Goonies. I love 80s movies. And he is one of my favorite childhood actors. From like, he does an amazing job. And the story for him, like he wasn't getting casted in anything. And then he saw like the rich, crazy Asians and felt motivated. So he contacted his agent. Two days later, he landed this role. It is crazy. I'm so glad to have him back on screen because he does also amazing in this movie. And I hope he has a long career despite being pretty old, like most 80s childhood actors. But, um, man, oh, man, this movie blew my mind. Its concept is a little derivative uh, with, like, the verse jumping, but they do it so well, how you can access a different reality where... You know, the slightest decision, you're a different person. Whether if you studied karate, whether if you have sausages for fingers, and you just, you know, inherit their skills for a little bit while, you know, going through this conflict that, you know, her daughter got everyone's perspectives, everyone that she could ever be, and lost her mind. So I think it's brilliant. I think it is highly emotionally moving and I think that this is definitely a film anyone should see. It is R, so you know, There's at a point. But this is this movie is art and this movie is human and those are two not really describing words, but those are two words that I don't give out, you know. Just because art sounds like, oh, it's art. No, no, no shit. It's a movie. But this is human. I feel like this movie really defines that. It is rated R because of this one scene. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Okay, so they're trying to, like, they're trying to, like, um, jump. Yeah. So um, they put on headsets. And that's how they access different realities where they have certain skills. But to make the bridge work, you have to do something so oddball 
something so random, whether it's like um, tell a chair like you love it, you're going to get a new skill because you're going to jump to a certain universe in your mind, but you're just going to have those skills. Um, she's having a hard time with a fight, and they both come up with the most oddball situation. Could they need to take... Wait, you have to, you have to include this. They're in an office area, right? And in the office, they have, like, trophies or something, but it looks it looks a little, you know... Phallic? Yeah. So, in order to become, like, the karate master version of themselves to win the fight, um, they have to take a trophy and put it up their ass. <laughs> and that's how they get that skill. Yeah, so these two guys are fighting the main girl... And the guy ends up getting it in his ass, right? And then th- there's another guy that comes up later, and he has his pants down, and there's, like, another trophy sticking out of his butt. <laughs> and the funny scene is is she's standing there. One guy is, like, jumping above her. The other guy is, like, sliding below her. She grabs both of it with, like, both her hands, like, both the trophies from their asses, and just pulls it out. It was hilarious. Well, how the first guy gets the trophies because they're still fighting when the third oh, guy just, the third guy comes in just jumps and just cannonballs on top of it that's how he gets it in there when i was in that theater everyone was dying you have a, you have of laughter a very warped perception of art. perception of art no it's just like do you think shoving trophies up your ass is art I, I applaud you. Right. Yeah, well, like, it's so innovative. I mean, someone did say two girls, one cup is art, but... No, but, like, <laughs> um, it's the most innovative thing I have seen in a long time. Oh, look at that. And I don't know. I think the way it's art is how it is filmed and how the story is told. Um, I love when the husband's, like, defending her even though she's going a little bit off track, you know, she was supposed to be the hero. And then when she starts supporting the bagel, um, her husband defends her and he's like, this is my way of fighting. And Oh my God. I remember just feeling so moved. I've never laughed nor cried as much in a movie as this, this movie hits all the right emotions. And at the, at the end, you're not left laughing or crying. You're left satisfied. Um, I wouldn't change a thing about it. It is an A24 film, and that's worth ne- recognizing because everyone talks about Disney or DreamWorks, but A24 is an amazing studio, and they produced this masterpiece. There's one thing I would change about it, and that's the universe where they have hot dogs for fingers because I absolutely hated that one. It's so creepy to me, and... I just hated every minute of it. Also, there's another universe where they mention Ratatouille because they're, like, in control of different universes. It's weird. So they mention Ratatouille, right? And in one of the universes, there's a cook. She's a cook, right? A sushi chef. And one of her coworkers coworkers has a raccoon in his hat doing the Ratatouille hair pull thing to help him cook. Radakuni. That was that was funny as well. It's so cool because you if you if 
you were to tell me about any of this before I saw this movie, I would be like, I don't want to see this movie. This sounds so strange. This sounds so weird. It sounds like some comedy sketch just gone wrong. But trust me, if you're uncertain on what we're talking about, give this movie a chance, as you should with any movie, and you'll see, like, oh, my God. This is really high-valued, and it's just amazing. Michelle Yao as the main character, as the main as the lead, she does a tremendous job, and so does everyone else. Um, so big shout-out to anyone involved making this film. I love you. Yeah, um, I would definitely give it another chance when it comes out on, like, DVD. I would watch it again um, just so I could feel that again. Maybe if I give it another chance, (laughs) another chance, I would feel a little bit more special to it. But, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it is a little weird, but, Kobe, I feel like it's your kind of vibe. I'm surprised you haven't seen it yet. Uh, yeah, I, uh... I definitely have seen it. I don't know what they're talking about. He hasn't. That's why he hasn't talked. I know, because I want you to see it. You should see it, Colby. Why? This movie is a treasure. It's funny, funny, sad, you would cry. I bet money you would cry. I bet money that... I got nothing. All right. Anyway, good movie. Go see it. Next movie... Brayden's doing the fucking Doctor Strange hand things. I feel like a legend when I do that because it looks so cool. Anyways, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Let's talk about it. Brayden was like the kid that would Naruto run and think it's really (laughs) cool. I was the kid that watched Naruto and refused to Naruto run. Thank you very much. I got invited to the the raid and was like, no, no thanks. You got the Area 51 raid. Were they? Run. Yes. Okay. Doctor Strange. Starting off, this was really hyped up movie, and everyone, because it's called Multiverse of Madness, mm. of course. Um. There's only four cameos. You see, I'm a bit disappointed because it's, you know, the title says Multiverse of Madness. I'm expecting some madness. No, there's only like four cameos. You just took the microphone from me. <laughs> I thought you were done. You're not even holding it, Colby. It's not my fault. Okay, so like I said, it's it's the multiverse of madness. I'm expecting some madness from this movie. But there's only like four cameos. The cameos are good. Don't get me wrong. Okay, so spoiler alert. The cameos, you know... Uh, Reed Richards, Black Bolt, Captain Britain, whatever her name is. Captain Peggy. <laughs> yes, Captain Carter. Uh, and then Captain Marvel, but a different Captain Marvel. And then the girl from Shh. Was he? She had different hair. Okay. So, and then there's uh, Professor X. Which I love it because they even played the X Men like animated series freaking theme over it. It was so good. 
I just wanted to say something real quick. Um, they did have different versions of Doctor Strange, which is really cool. So they had the dark, the dark one, the zombie one, which Whoa. is really cool. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> what? Whoa. The dark one. Whoa. <laughs> 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 the evil one. Whoa! Whoa. 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 I'm done. <laughs> All right. Um, I knew this wasn't going to be an endgame level event. Um, you know, even for Spider-Man, I expected them to be in there. But at the same time, I wasn't ready to see them in there, you know? Um, so it was kind of like the same thing with this one. And I wanted to keep the mystery real. I wanted to be surprised. I just wanted this movie to surprise me. I'm not going to give every MCU endgame status. That is special event type deal. And this, I know it's just a, it was a two-hour film. So I know for a fact it's not going to be anything too spontaneous. Um, everyone had a great arc, but Doctor Strange, which is weird. Um, Wanda has a good arc. And even, like, Mordo, of all people, was, like, you know, had somewhat of an arc. The the other sorcerer, Wong was in Wong, it. Yeah. No, not Wong. Wong. Wong was in it and was great. But, like, the other one, the guy in the green robes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot his name. Um, even he had a better arc. And I felt like Doctor Strange's arc was started. Finished? Yeah. And it just, it just wasn't finished. I like that Christine stuff. And I felt like they should have taken a scene or two to kind of wrap that up for him. Because it was mostly complete, but it was not finished. Mm -hmm. Which is cool because that ending credit scene is Doctor Strange's wife. She is an X-Men. It's going to be cool. Um, because, you know, he can't ever be with Christine. Uh, which is sad. Um, real Phantom vibes. And her name is Christine as well in Phantom. So... Um, as for the cameos, I loved them. They gave me hope for the future. Everyone's like, oh, they just killed him off. Well, welcome to the multiverse. We're going to get our versions eventually. But as for now, I think they're going to go slow with this multiverse. And who doesn't love something that just takes its time? Because it is so much sweeter than if we got like four multiverse films rushed, then that's it. So I think this could be the next 10, 15, or even 20 years of the MCU, depending on what they do with it. And please, Marvel, give me my Silver Surfer. I need him. Yeah, so Reed Richardson is actually John Krasinski, which is pretty cool. Reed Richardson. Reed Richards. 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 I said that. Richard. Uh, no, you did not. You said Richard's son. Anyway, um, it's John Krasinski, and I love Fantastic Four. I think it's going to be really cool that he's going to be in it. And apparently, Emily Blunt, his wife in real life, is going to be the girl. I forgot her name. What girl? In Fantastic Four. So. The invisible woman? Yeah. This stuff is is rumored. Um, I think John Krasinski might direct. Um. Because Fantastic Four comes out after Ant-Man, and they're going to the Quantumania. You know who else goes to the Quantumania in the comics? I believe 
yeah, but also the the Fantastic Four. Um, and that could even be the origin of their powers if they decide to do that, which would be hard, but I think they could do it. They've been, especially in the Spider-Man films, they've been hinting a lot for Fantastic Four. Like the signs in the background where it's like, it's literally Stark Tower closed because, you know, the Avengers sold it. It was bought by a billionaire or purchased. It was purchased. And then it has the sign on the ground like that on the fence thing where it's like one, two, three, and then like four coming soon. Yeah. So there's a lot of nods to the Fantastic Four, especially in the Spider-Man trilogy. And the director of that trilogy was supposed to direct Fantastic Four. I believe he just stepped away, which is weird. But maybe because of casting decisions. Who knows? Um, Also, I think they all filmed separately, which made the movie feel weird because I got that feeling. When they would talk to each other, especially when... Wanda fought the Illuminati. They aren't really like looking in each other's directions. They're kind of just looking near the camera. Um, and even like um, the actress who plays Wanda, I can't believe I forgot her name. Elizabeth yeah, Elizabeth Olsen. She took a lie detector chest. And she said she'd never seen that yep. before. And that was that was crazy to see. It was true. So I just wanted more from the Illuminati, more lines. Smartest man on earth gave away the literal way to beat them to Wanda, you know. So it it's kind of crazy to see um, the mistakes made here. I just think they need to be more attentive to their scripts because, once again, the weakest points of this film is all the humor. MCU has a problem with humor. Everyone has to be a class clown. And it's really, it's really obnoxious at this point. Although I do feel like this movie made Wanda like the scariest villain out there. Yeah, that's probably the greatest strength as well. It's not just Wanda, but how this movie's not afraid to go dark. Yeah, which, you know who directed it? Yeah, I want to see that though because. Multiverse is opening up. We're getting things like Moon Knight. We're getting characters like Deadpool. And even in Moon Knight, there is not much to any blood. So they need... Disney as a company needs to cross that barrier of these are kids' films, these are films for everyone, these are films for teenagers and adults. These... We need gruesome. We need variety. And that would make the MCU so much sweeter. Sam Raimi directed this movie, which is great because he directed Evil Dead, one of my favorite movies. And, of course, the best cameo in this movie is by Bruce friggin' Campbell. I love him. He... Wait your turn. Bruce Campbell is, like, the greatest actor of all time. He's the greatest guy of all time. He's my celebrity crush, okay? He's in this movie, you know, he's in the end credit scene, uh, yeah, where he's punching himself, and then, you know, he's finally done, and he's like, he looks to the camera, and he's like, it's over! And then the movie ends, which is greatest scene I've ever seen. Yeah, who is that? 
I'm totally joking. Um, I want to talk about the kind of nods that Marvel has done. Bruce Campbell was in the Maguire trilogy. Um, he was in every single one. And it was cool to see. He was also, or they also did a Maguire trilogy feature where they had Joe's Pizza in, like, I think a Tide commercial or something or whatever. Yeah, it was great to see. Um, yeah, I I know Bruce Campbell. I love Bruce Campbell. Colby left. Um, but, yeah, that was a cool cameo. I want to say one thing about the music. Oh. <laughs> the music was by Danny Elfman, and he did a really good job with the music because it was really interesting and fit really well, especially the music scene where they fight in the music. That was really cool. They're fighting over a cup. (laughs) (laughs) I totally hit him. Are you good? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I liked... Not just the the music fight was pretty cool. I liked seeing the other Stranges. I liked how the movie opened up to the dream, and you're just like, what's going on? I think that's Supreme Strange or something. I don't know. I want to see edits of people just putting Supreme wear on, and that would be great. Um, and then, like, the Dark Strange was cool. I liked how he literally just got knocked out a window and fell on a fence. It's like, really, dude? That was really dark. Yeah, but this is Doctor Strange we're talking about. With the dark hold, how did he lose so easy? A lot of that, a lot of the those fight sequences felt rushed. Except the one with the monster in the beginning, which it's like, that's probably the most insignificant fight in the whole movie, but it's the longest. I don't know. And then with Wanda, there's hardly any fighting her. Which I kind of like, you know, she is heckin' strong, and I wouldn't square up with her. I like how they tend to run away from her, and I like how she has to track them down. Feels really horror movie. Mm-hmm. There's one scene where they're running away from her, and they're like closing all the doors, and, and she's just bursting there? open, and she, yeah, they're oh just standing God. there. I that. Classic <laughs> horror flaws when a director's gonna realize that it's not funny. To have somebody stop. But I think it's funny because the whole movie is about Wanda trying to get America to have her powers and, like, time jump to different realities, right? So Wanda can be with her kids that she made up, you know? But in a different reality, they're real. So she's trying to go to that reality and be with them, but there's already a Wanda in there, which is funny. So the whole thing is about her trying to find her kids, and then... Um, the movie is called Multiverse of Madness, and people call it Mom, which is funny, because Wanda is mom to the kids. So I thought that was a cool acronym for the movie and kind of played a little sneak peek at what the movie is going to be about, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I felt like this movie should have been a two-parter, not like Infinity War and Endgame. Um, where it comes out a year after, I felt like this first part should have come out and then, like, the second part comes out in, like, July and then they just move Thor back or something. But, 
there's so much to cover in the multiverse and I felt like the things that they did they went really quickly with if they're planning to make this their next universe if they're planning to involve characters from different universes take your time Spider-Man did that my worry was for Spider-Man that Maguire and Garfield would just be in the last act but they were a pretty heavy part about it and they had a lot of lines I cannot say the same about the Illuminati at all. I mean, obviously, Black Bolt's not going to speak. But for having all these people, especially Patrick Stewart, John Krasinski, Captain Carter, that's, you know, some very respected actors in very respected roles. You'd think you'd give them more lines, more screen time. When John Krasinski died, he should have went like... <laughs> Yeah, that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. I was really hoping, though. I was really hoping that they would give us something, something of Doctor Doom, because that's how Secret Wars gets in, and Secret Wars has potential to be mind-blowing to a severe degree. Secret Wars is amazing. Anyways, Sarah. Okay, I heard rumors that um, Wolverine was supposed to come out in the Illuminati when they all die, and he's supposed to come out and be like, oh, what's going on? But that failed, sadly. But yeah, I was kind of on a little bit of a disappointment side to this movie because it was hyped up for a bunch of cameos, like Colby said, and like I was hyping up for all these like cool things multiverse of madness you know but nothing came out of it and it was just kind of like meh I agree yeah but anyway um I think that's pretty much it we got six movies down for the recap of the past two months um does anyone want to add anything else Do you guys want to do like a ranked? So like last to or last would be the worst, but first would be the best type deal. Morbius last. Morbius, Morbius is definitely first. last. Um But yeah, April was a wild month. We had a lot of work and conflicting schedules. We even filmed a movie called Pills. It's great. Uh anyways. That is going out in public in a couple. We need to add a, a couple more scenes and fix things up, but we were working on that for a while. But, yeah, it didn't turn out the way we wanted to, so we're going to have to go back and fix it up. That's why we were gone. But Yeah, so that was April, the April-slash-May recap of things we watched. Um... Honestly, it's glad to see movie theaters back in full swing. Especially because, you know, we all work in one. Hey, we're getting hours. But, um, yeah, there is a a lot to review in the coming weeks. So, leave a like, comment, subscribe, and do your thing. Colby? And... Uh, 
you have a special announcement that we don't know about? Uh, I'm going to be streaming a lot more. Uh, on games? I don't know. How about you list in the comments what games I should stream? If we have comments. I have no idea. Yes, we're going to do a poll on what games I should play. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, thank you, viewers, so much for listening to our podcast. You know, a lot of people, you know, they act humble and all that, but I promise you, we really are humble, and we really, like, thank you. For watching or listening to the stream. And uh, yeah. Goodbye. Maybe we'll do some other things. For now, goodbye. Thanks for the listen. Especially if you made it this far. This one is chaotic. Six films. Um, also feel free to let us know what you thought. Um, and yeah. Bye.